So this morning, I would like to share the parable of the sower and the seed. I'll read it from Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3. Jesus told the people many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. While he sowed, some seeds fell beside the roadway, and the birds came and devoured them. But other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, because they didn't have deep soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And because they did not take root, they withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. But other seeds fell into good ground and produced grain, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times as much. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus explained the parable of his kingdom to his disciples. And he went deeper into the description. He described the seed as the word of the kingdom. The kingdom of God, the realm of the activity of God, where God reorders everything to be aligned to his will and purpose for life on the earth through his word. He gets everything in order. That living word was Jesus, the Logos, who spoke the creative word that brought the universe into being. And Jesus likens the seed that is being sown in this parable to that same living word, Logos, which has the power to reorder and transform our lives when we receive the seed that is planted into our hearts. In James chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, Receive with meekness the implanted Word, Logos, which is able to save your souls. Paul said that he planted seed and that those that received it with faith were God's field. He said it was a team effort. He said, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it and God gave the increase. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So the parable describes how a farmer sows the field with seed. The sower was scooping up the seed out of a satchel that hung around his neck, was in front of him, and he was walking on well-prepared soil in a field and scattering seeds as he went. There's a roadway beside the field. So can you imagine... If I'm sowing in the field, here's the field, and I'm scattering as I go, and as I throw it over my shoulder, it lands, some of it lands up on the roadway. But next to the roadway, towards the field, there's rocky ground. So some seed goes there. And next to the rocky ground, down closer to the field, there's thorny ground. A bit more soil there because it's closer to the field. But it's thorny. It's not the good soil. The only place where the seed can properly take root is the good soil of the field, of the hearts 
that are prepared to hear the life-giving word and bear the life-giving grain. That's the good field. And that's where Paul said he was sowing. He said, you're God's field. I'm God's co-worker, the husbandman, the sower. And I do one thing and then somebody else comes along and does another thing. It's a team effort, sowing the seed. Because seed gets scattered everywhere. And the seed is precious to God. He doesn't want to waste any of it, even though some of it goes up on the road. And each one of us has a roadway seed challenge in life. We could be on the roadway when the seed comes. And each one of us has a rocky ground seed challenge. And each one of us has a thorns and thistles seed challenge if the seed comes when we're in that state of anxiety in our lives and the word gets choked because of anxiety. And each one of us has a prepared field challenge to accept God's invitation to receive the life-changing seed of faith and hope and blessing to be God's field. Now, Jesus has built redemption into every parable of the kingdom. That parable looks like, well, forget about the road, forget about the rocky ground, forget about the thorns and thistles, we've just got a field. But that was before Jesus died on the cross, rose again in power, and sent the Holy Spirit into our hearts. So he can redeem every barren roadway, which is a seed challenge, he can redeem that and he can clean up every bit of rocky ground, get rid of the rocks as we cooperate, and he will uproot every thorny ground chokehold upon our faith. It's an obstruction for us to receive seed. Jesus always went beyond the parable. That's why they said to him, why do you speak in parables? And he said, well, because they won't understand what I mean. But he said, you, you've been with me long enough. You know the mysteries of the kingdom. So they said, well, please explain it to us. So he explained it to them. But there's still more to it. So let's have a look at this roadway. Jesus explained that the seed that fell on the well-trodden roadway of the world was not able to take root in people's hearts because the seed was snatched away by birds. And he told them that represents Satan blinding people's minds and hearts from God's love and truth. So he takes the word out of their mind on the roadway. And the roadway, in the Greek, the word is hodos, also means journey. So there are people on a journey. They're on the roadway of the world. And the world has been on a journey for thousands of years with roadways and pathways of good and evil. That's the history of life on this earth, the roadway of good and evil. There have been pathways of good intention, valuable discoveries, astounding humanitarian progress and achievement. 
There have also been roadways of ambitious greed and self-advantage and political power and corruption and confusion. Each one of us has had to tread the well-trodden paths of the world. And we've seen the dangers of the places where those paths may lead. And we've all had our own journey that started with a certain culture or religion, certain family, and an ethnicity or national heritage that influenced us and sent us in directions that have resulted on our journey, our roadway, the world's roadway, in successes and failures. But the routine of roadways also tends to lock people into a sense of movement from the past and into the future. The roadway is always busy. And there's only a fleeting sense on the roadway of the present moment. What's really going on? It's wonderful when that moment happens, hopefully, if there's somebody there with truth and light, but the roadway is very busy. And on that roadway, as you get to the end of it, you can wonder, where has the time gone? People start to think, where is it all going? And until we stop and ask ourselves these hard questions, and ponder our ways, what's being said. Seek to understand. We have little chance of allowing the seed of God's loving future and hope to be implanted seed that saves our souls, that won't get snatched away by the devil. We can't avoid being in the world, but we don't have to be of the world with its political activism the intensely strong opinions that cause emotional distress and anxiety of the soul. We can actually debate issues with godly wisdom in the world. We can hold positions of power or be skillful problem solvers in the marketplace, both feet on the ground, and still live with the assurance that our hearts and minds are planted in God's field of life. So you're in the world, you're on the roadway, but you don't have to be of the roadway. You can have your heart in the field and be an influence of God's goodness because you've got seed. When we know who we are, we know where we are. I'm on the roadway, but where is my heart? Where is it actually? Well, it's in God's field where the fruit really brings forth grain. The only way we get on the right path when we're on that roadway is when we see the light of the Holy Spirit that exposes the darkness in the world and in our lives. And the Holy Spirit gives the grace for us to walk in faith. So if you get a chance to scatter seed on roadways, don't give up. The Holy Spirit's around. I was many years ago in hospital with an injured hand and the minister of the church that my wife, Tinika, went to and took me to as a visitor came to visit me in the hospital and he started to share with me about the book of Ephesians. And all I can remember is he just kept on saying Ephesians and how wonderful it was. And I was 
listening, but I said to him, look, I really would like something more intellectually stimulating to, to get my head around. Thanks, very kind of you to come and visit. That was me on the roadway. One year later, I was saying to Tinica, I'd like to sell up the house and the pharmacy and go to Bible college next year. So I packed up, I sold the house, sold the shop, and as a family, we went to Bible college. And my favourite book was the book of Ephesians. I didn't realise, but somehow the seed stayed there. Lots of other things happened in between time that awakened me to the fact that I had to take a good hard look at life and who I was. So there's your roadway. Now, Jesus also explained that the shallow, rocky soil represents the heart of a person who hears the seed word and receives it joyfully, but who hasn't given enough attention to removing the rocks and stones of emotional obstacles in their life that have held them back from going deeper in God. In the words of Jesus, he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution comes, because of the word, he stumbles. Now, the word persecution there in the original language is diogmos, which means trouble and harassment because of the word. It can harass a person directly. It can cause somebody to be harassed if somebody takes a hold of the word. But generally, people stumble on the rocks of conflict with other people. That's what rocks are, the rocks of offence, the stones of offence. And these things harm the quality of relationships. And the word of God doesn't get a chance to take root because there's always surface reaction going on of obstacles and contentions and harassments in life. But with courage, that person doesn't have to lose heart and walk away. And with encouragement for a person in that kind of a situation, those relational rocks and stones can be removed through understanding what it means to be reconciled to another person and to be committed to loving relationships. And this is the ministry of healing of the soul through the word of God and through understanding the heart of God to help remove the rocks in somebody's life that they just keep banging into and getting upset. So the soil begins to settle. The seed can remain. The roots can go deeper. And a humble commitment to faith and truth and love can make a person stand strong and endure. Because Jesus said, these people in the rocky ground, the seed will come, but they can't endure. It's, the going's too tough. Too many emotional, relational problems and harassments. No, the soil can settle and a person can stand strong in times of adversity. And that's why when I'm speaking today, the scripture that I read before, it says, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. People can receive that no matter what has to be taken out of the way. In the redeeming power of God, because now we're living in 
in the kingdom. When Jesus spoke this parable, he was the kingdom and nobody else had entered in. But after he rose and sent the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom was open and we can now enter the kingdom of God. So everything can be redeemed. Jesus then goes on to describe the ground covered with thorns and thistles. He says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the delusion of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So the, the choking activity of thorns. Now remember, the field is where the sower is. Right next to him is where the thorns are. And right above that is where the rocks are. And up above that is where the roadway is. That's how the seed scatters. So the, the choking activity has two points of attack with these thorns and thistles. He says, the cares of this world and the delusion of riches. So the first point of attack is the cares of this world. And that word cares has the root meaning to distract and to disunite to separate you from what's really going on, to get your mind distracted and worried. And that speaks of the inordinate amount of time that can go into trying to control the circumstances of life, trying to just get everything organised in our own strength, get all of our ducks in a row. And it's just too much of an effort. And it distracts the soul from pursuing the deeper inner life of faith. And that could be in anybody's life. And that's right next to the field. <laughs> and it speaks of the worry that fragments and fatigues the soul. The second point of attack in the thorns is the delusion of riches. When pursuing financial gain that holds out promises of success and profit, which is fine to do, we must always factor in the need of diligence and effort and risk, that's what people do for financial gain. But without a proper balance of those three things, the success and the profit turns into failure and loss. And the delusion of pursuing riches is, is thinking that it's the riches that will bring me fulfilment and happiness in life. That's a delusion. And so people will then tend to take more risk or not be diligent enough, take shortcuts. And that chokes off the fruitful life of faith and love within the implanted seed. So the thorns can appear in a, a normal, thoroughgoing, honest-to-goodness life simply by getting things out of balance, getting too much worry and anxiety choking the word, not putting them into the Lord's hands and also having a delusion that money is the answer to fulfilment in life. So God's getting very practical in this parable. But the thorns and thistles can be uprooted. Holy Spirit's always there to root up things so that they can die off and hopefully just get burned, burnt off. What do I do? Well, Scripture says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. We just set our hearts to find his grace concerning the cares of the world. So the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he can exalt you in due time, 
casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. There's redemption in every roadside experience, every rocky soil experience, every thorny, thistly experience. So Jesus then starts to talk about the, the good soil. And he spoke simply and profoundly about preparing our hearts as the good ground. He said, other seeds fell onto good ground and produced grain, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times as much. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus didn't say that after everything he said, but he said it at certain times because he, he meant to say, I want you to really listen. Now, we can now picture the sower in the field as we did before, walking on well-prepared soil in a field. The ploughing's been done. That's like our hearts have been ploughed up, prepared, and he's scattering seed as he goes. Now, let me paint the picture again. The furthest thing from him is the roadway, a little closer is the rocky ground, a little closer still is the slightly deeper layer of thorny soil. Then in from the thorny ground, the soil would get better and better. That's why you have the 30, 60 and 100 fold. Because the, the, the good ground, the field, will be ploughed to a certain line in the ground. So the sower is not going to stand on the roadway with his satchel full of seed and start throwing it out into the field. He's going to go down to where the, where the soil has been properly prepared. And as he throws it, some of it goes on the roadway. Nobody would walk on a railway with a sack full of seed, but there is seed there. So there's richer and richer soil the further on in you go from the thorny ground. So when you get right into where the sower is actually walking, you should get a hundredfold soil. So the different distances from the sower signify the different qualities of soil. So there are various stages of the preparedness of our hearts to receiving the word of God. How do we become good soil? To receive the logos, the seed that contains the spiritual DNA of the life of Jesus within us. It's there, but on the roadway, who cares? On the rocky ground, too many problems. On the thorny ground, delusions and anxieties. But the DNA is there. We remove the rocks and the stones, dig up the thorns and become the field. But listen to these final words which I just said. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He's telling us that there's a truth that he's teaching here at a deeper level than what people are hearing. He's teaching us how to overcome all the distractions and disturbances on the emotional and the material levels of our life. That's what he's saying about the field. So what is the field? What gets said in the field? Is it noisy like the roadway? So what is it? God wants to teach us how to learn his language of silence and stillness so that we'll know how to hear his voice. That's where the field is. See, Paul the Apostle, when he was talking to the church in Corinth, he wasn't preaching to people on the roadway. He was preaching to the field. He knew they'd been prepared, but he had something to say. And he was praying that it would take root. 
but he wanted them to know deep in their hearts how to hear the Lord, how to love one another rather than compete with one another in church, etc. How to hear his voice. So we practice a presence prayer attitude of receptivity. Sitting silently with God. And we allow our usual busy emotional and mental activity to be just put in brackets. You can't get away from it. It's there. But just put it in brackets for a while while you draw nearer and nearer to God where the sower has got the seed and your soil is prepared. And we become his rich field in the deeper spiritual level of our being. It's as simple as that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our hearts are prepared and we're now saying, thank you, Lord, I'm hearing you. You might sit there for 20 minutes and not hear a thing. Don't worry about that. Because he's waiting for you to get out back on the road again and then you'll start hearing him where you've never heard him before. You'll be in your situations of struggle and all of a sudden you'll hear, well, how, how did I do that? He said, because you came into the field. Because you sat in the field, you became good ground. Now wherever you are, you're going to hear my voice. But always come back to the field. And it's in this place where there's faith, where we believe in our hearts that we're receiving into our spirit his seed of life that is changing us into his likeness. Amen.